0: Log
1: Talk Radio.
0: I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind, you won't forget. I'm locked, I'm locked up, up in memories They all intertwine
2: The memories living In my mind
0: I know tomorrow could that dawn will come You will never know
1: what
3: done. Well, good evening, I'd like to welcome you to the Stop Child Abuse Now talk radio show sponsored by NAFCA, which stands for the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is Penelope Bennett, and I am from Sarasota, Florida. And on uh, the show with me tonight on my host team is Dr. Nancy Brown-Willis, a NASCA family member and a NASCA talk show host, and I am so excited to be hosting the show tonight with Nancy. I wanted to let you know that today is Wednesday, April 26, 2023. This is scan number 3168. And the type of show we have tonight is a special guest tonight, and we have a very special guest this evening. Her name is Gloria Masters from New Zealand, and we are so thrilled to have her on with us. Before I tell you a little bit more about Gloria from the bio that she provided us with, I want to tell you a little bit more about NASCA and NASCA's mission. As you know, NASCA is all about child abuse intervention, prevention, and recovery. We have a single purpose at NASCA, it's to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas and neglect, and we do so with only two goals. The first goal, educating the public, especially as related to helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse, presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic, worldwide problem that affects everyone. The second goal, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many service survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. If you'd like to be involved in our show this evening and be a panel member, we encourage you to do so. Uh, All that's needed is a call-in to the following number, area code 646. 595-2118, Five nine five two one one eight. Again, that's area code six four six. Five nine five two one one eight. Call into that number, and Nancy, uh, Doctor Nancy, will meet you on our back line and welcome you into the show. And as a panel member, you'll have an opportunity to interact with us, So let me tell you a little bit more about our special guest, Gloria Masters. As I mentioned, she's from Auckland, New Zealand. And I'm going to quote Gloria. My father put me to hell for 16 years. As she explains, my journey is quite unusual and is depicted as one from darkness to light and is one of hope, resilience, and the unrelenting power of the human spirit to survive. She was born into sex slavery in 1960 in middle-class New Zealand. And she states, For the first 16 years of my life, I suffered horrendous sexual, physical, and psychological abuse at the hands of my father with no one to protect me. Now Gloria is an author and advocate for adults who have experienced child sexual abuse, who speaks from her years of experience, turning the final corner of healing into giving back. She does this through highlighting the issue of child sexual abuse to help other survivors. She's just published her second book entitled Flight Path to Healing, A Guide to CSA Survivors, and is also the founder and CEO of Handing the Shame Back Foundation. Gloria uses her personal story because she knows this brings hope to those afraid to speak out. From the underworld of my father's pedophile ring, she says, to the groups he trafficked me into, I found an inner strength in a light that shone brightly. My mind was the one thing that could not be destroyed. I was leased to gangs, made to do graphic movies, forced abortions, leased out of nightclubs in our red light district, and much more. I survived. And give back to help other survivors of this extraordinary, powerful story of Gloria's journey from darkness into light is one of hope, resilience, and the unrelenting power of the human spirit to survive. Well, wow, that is quite um, a story in in and of itself. So I can see. Um, in addition to Dr. Brown, Dr. Nancy Brown Willis, uh, we have Philip, who's called in, and Bob. Um, who Eden, who's also called in and uh, Dr. Nancy I don't know if we've gotten any information on if um, Gloria's trying to get into the show or not I don't know if it, since I've been uh, kicking off the show if you've seen any updates or not um,
1: Yes right now we have not heard um, anything right this particular moment um, but um, they have tried to get a hold of Ms. Gloria so we're still okay. waiting to hear back Such a powerful story okay.
0: Oh, sure. okay. well, her story.
3: Okay, great, great. Well, while we're um, waiting to see if she's um, trying to get in or she's going to be getting on, um, oh, I actually see her. She has um, called in because okay, I can yep. see all the ways. So. I think I'm just going to unmute her line and welcome her. Oh, you're going to get her. Great. Okay. So Dr. Um, Dr. Nancy is in her, uh, on the back line right now with our guest. So I wanted to um, unmute your line, Philip. I'm going to unmute your line. I'm going to unmute your line, Bob. And I'm just going to welcome you into the show. And um, I'm trying to,
0: try, trying to see you, but I can't seem to see you up there. Um, anyway, that's fine.
3: Well, you're here, and Gloria, um, I know that uh, Dr. Dr. Nancy Brown just, just spoke with you and welcomed you to the end of the show, but uh, my name is Penelope Benes, and I host the show with Dr. Nancy, and we just wish to uh, welcome you here this evening, and thank you for being on with us all the way from Auckland, New Zealand.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. Really important we have these discussions. Absolutely. I'm
3: much agreed, and and. It's really a privilege um, for NASCA to host you this evening um, and to continue the dialogue. Um, it's always a wonderful opportunity to be able to um, speak about these, these things and these, these topics that um, were unspeakable to us as children, um, and we know the power of, of the spoken word um, and bringing awareness to the issues. So um, thank you for the privilege to, uh, to have this discussion this evening as well.
0: Oh, you're very welcome. Very important.
3: So uh, I did read the wonderful biography that you provided, NASCA, um, as I was introducing you. And um, I know we're very much looking forward to hearing from you. Um, and I wanted to just explain very briefly, typically, how we run the 90 minutes of the show. It goes by very quickly. And this is your 90 minutes. It is your time. Um, you are in complete control of what you choose to talk about, um, so if there's anything that is asked um, of you um, from myself or um, a panel member, please feel free to have, you know, the choice to um, answer or not answer You're you're in control. Um, but uh, I will try and break to our panel, which is growing in support of you, um, twice during the show. And typically, when we have someone telling their story, we like to start chronologically with age and the beginning of life, and work our way um, through uh, that chronology. But um, that's really up. If you're amiable to that, we can start that way, or I can just hand it over to you
0: and you can discuss what you wish. So it's really your choice. Okay, no, that's fine. I'm I'm happy to go with whatever you like. Are we actually live at the moment? We're live. Yes. Ah, oh, awesome. All right. Well, Kiora ki from New Zealand. Yes. Wonderful.
3: And can you can you explain what that means?
0: So that uh, is for our indigenous uh, Maori population here in New Zealand. That is a greeting. So that is uh, hello. Oh, wonderful. Welcome. Well, thank you. You're
1: I learned welcome. something
0: new. <laughs> hey, look, if we get cut off for any reason, are you able to get me back in? Uh, I'm just not sure it, about the system. Mm. You
3: know, we should be okay because you're in, but if we get cut off, I'd like to ask you to please try and get in the way that you got in before.
0: Okay okay all right let's start just uh, ask me whatever you would like to all right thank you
3: so I you know we normally as I mentioned you know like to, to start chronologically and just because um, so to some of us your story is very new if you wouldn't mind just painting a, a, a picture or describing um, from your earliest memory maybe the family that you were born into even though I gave some background from your bio um, You know who was in your family what your family was like uh, other members of your family and then your experiences from your earliest memory and just so we can kind of get a mental a mental image um, of you um, as you came into the world and experienced what you did experience
0: yeah yeah so look I was born into a large Catholic family in um, Auckland New Zealand which is the North Island of New Zealand and um that was 19, June 1960 and the uh my father was what i now know to be a psychopath but he was a, a very evil psychopath and my mother was a narcissist uh so nowhere then was there room for me to be seen or valued which, uh, as we know, our beautiful children should always be. My father's family, uh, I can only imagine this is generational because his mother, alongside one of his sisters, were tasked with training me to be the best child sex worker I could be. And for the first 16 years of my life, I was trained and trafficked and used and leased and sold to many of my father's associates, pedophile rings, um, a couple of gangs in New Zealand, and the Freemasons. wow that's just part of the story um, but the the point being that although this is horror um, you know the power of the human spirit to overcome and that's that's what I've been able to do albeit decades later uh, it's taken a lot of years as you would appreciate to be able to assimilate, let alone absorb and accept, and then try and transcend that horror. Absolutely. I can, unfortunately, you know, relate
3: on some level to what you are sharing, um, as many of us, even though our experiences are different, largely a lot of times the feelings are the same, very similar. And my question yes. to you would be... You're here, and, and we already know from the fact that I've I've read your bio uh, about um, your sheer sheer will and determination um, to heal um, and to know to know that there was a better world. And so, my question is: for the first sixteen years of your life, they were a horrific, night, heinous nightmare. Was there someone or something, though, was there something that that you saw or glimpsed or were there deposits of something um, in your life that that led you to have the resolve to know that this would not be forever, that there would be something better for you, a better life, a better way um, forward, um, that this was not going to be the status quo? I'm just curious if there was something in those first years that um, that that gave you some
0: uh... yeah look there was no living person that was there for me or that I could trust or turn to, but what I did have was I had this optimism and I had this hope and I had they were little at the time but little angels around me I could see them and so when there was nothing I had little angels and when they didn't feel possible I had the light in the sky so I always looked up and I always found some light somewhere and that was I'm very grateful for that now, of course, these angels are huge, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and they are they, um, very much a big part of my life, but there was no living person, and sometimes I hear people say, oh, well, at least if a child has one person or five people, and I think, oh, I think we need to be careful about that. Uh, not every child is has a, has a safe adult. Yeah. yeah.
3: So I'm just asking if it's okay with my break oh, the panel. We have a growing panel right now, and I wanted, if you're okay with this, um, Gloria, just just to introduce you to who's on our panel. And they may already have a question for you. If you're okay if sure. I break, great. Cool. Okay. Thank you. Um, so, Doctor Doctor Nancy Brown Willis, my co-host. I'd like to just introduce you to Gloria, and I would like to turn it over to you if you have any questions or comments for her at this time.
1: Yes, thank you so much. Uh, Ms. Gloria, your bio is uh, very powerful. You know, um, I have a couple of questions, but I'll make sure to keep it brief for now because we do have some time. Um, I know you shared about some of the abuse that you went through. And, um, and you did share that your mother was a narcissist. Did you ever tell your mother, did she know about this abuse that that you were going through, how your father was selling you off and leasing you off? Did she know about it?
0: She, I, look, I would uh, be 100% convinced that she knew aspects of it. And the reason I say that is because she was present but she was never present. So if she was in, at the family home, she the bedroom door was shut and we were not allowed to knock on that bedroom door. She was not interested in being a mother. If I could tell you, Nancy, one, one phrase that sums up my childhood with her was I always felt I was in the way. I was a nuisance. So she was not interested. I showed her, as children do, in every way possible, that I was seriously traumatised. But there was no interest and there was no questions asked. She would leave the family home and go and stay at her mother's home. She was not interested in parenting, and I believe that where neglect and abandonment live, abuse will always find a home right yeah did
1: you ever um did you ever go to her and say to her what was going on or did your siblings, did you have siblings?
0: Yes, but I guess, look I did I tried to tell her every time I saw her Uh, When my parents separated, I was 11 And I was told to choose who to live with So I, uh, and I was bribed My father bribed me with a horse Well of course there was no horse But, you know For decades later, my mother said to me, well, you chose to stay with him. Like I was an 11-year-old child being terribly abused. Um, But she was not interested. And even if she had not known it was sexual abuse, even if she had not known that, to not, as a mother... Pick up on your child's distress and anxiety and depression uh, was very unusual, very unusual
1: and not the last question I'm going to ask for now is um so you said you had siblings did they ever share with you that they went through something similar or did you ever did they ever reach out for
0: help or? Was it just you? Yeah. I, I'm not really legally able to talk about my siblings, but okay. I can okay. say that it was well known within the family uh, what was going on. And okay. remember, this Thank is back in the answer. 60s and 70s. Now, back in the 60s right. and early 70s, right. I don't know what it was like over there, but in New Zealand, a man's home was his castle he was the head of the household and it was not until the mid 80s in our country that police could intervene in a domestic violence violence episode so there was you know it the king he was the king of the castle and what he wanted or what he said went but there was no uh, it was a very, very dangerous, frightening uh, home to live in. Thank you. I, I can relate. Um, I,
1: my father was the same way. He was the king of the castle. <clears throat> and when he would come in uh, being abusive and all of that, he he was the king of the castle uh, and we're from Costa Rica. So uh, growing up, that was very normal. Um, So many of us on the line can relate So um, we have a few other people on the line Even though I have so many questions I know that there are so many other people with questions as well So I'm going to open the mic uh, So that if anybody would like to ask a question They're able to do so Um, Well, wait a minute That one mic is kind of loud I think that's you all right so for right now um i have the other mics open if anybody has a question or a comment please join the
0: panel
2: Good day, gloria can you hear me okay
0: yes are you from australia
2: yeah i'm up in the whitsunday islands darling i can almost see you from here <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't really have a, a question um but um I have a, a comment I've always got comments. Um for me, um not I had a violent childhood too and for me um abuse is abuse is abuse. Um I don't differentiate between, you know, um, the labels that people put on abuse because um it's it's the look in the the eye of the child. If the child is ever terrified then that you know that's when the damage is done isn't it you know um but all I'd like to say is i feel you and also um how can i put it every step i've ever taken however painful has brought me here to contentment and so what you know what doesn't kill you uh, builds you and um and I, I can feel your power from here um and this and um I'm, I'm in touch with that power within me as well, you know it's like, okay, yeah, I had a really hard time as a child, um but now um I just feel so powerful and so complete, and I too am able now to to um give back to the community, and I reckon that as we're all sovereign, unique, and equal like um, the easiest way for us to heal each other is just by s- simply sharing our stories because everybody holds a piece of the puzzle and that's what I love about um, places like Nazca. people get a chance to share their stories you know and um, everybody gleans a little bit from everybody else's story so good on you Gloria and um, <laughs> yeah it's it's a hard road, but you know I'm I'm just blessed to be alive now, really am. So thanks, Gloria. Oh. Yeah.
0: well, look, that okay. that's great news and awesome to hear. A couple of things though. One, I I don't accept that all abuse is the same, um, and I can't. I, I won't. Uh, I think okay. because yeah, there's there's different. There's different complexities with abuse What I know for me, I was seriously, sexually, um, psychologically and physically abused But the most powerful and the most impactful was the psychological torture, to be honest Um, But no, I don't think all abuse is, is equal at all, in my humble opinion
2: yeah. Well, yeah yeah what i what I would love to say is um because we're all sovereign unique and equal you know I don't it's come here expecting agreement um, and whatever works for you is okay with me well
3: thank you for calling in Bob. I just always appreciate you know your comments and your perspective and um, the support. Thank And you. Uh, I, w- I, w- I would, I would, I would definitely say, um, Gloria, this is Penelope. That, um, in also having experienced sexual, physical, and psychological abuse, I, for me as well, the psychological was the most penetrating and enduring. So I yeah. can definitely relate to what you are saying, and um, um, I think sometimes you know we. We do try and 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 let our listeners or other adult survivors that are wherever they are in their journey, whether they are in the inception or somewhere along the way, and we're all on a path um, today. Um, but don't think just because oh, it only happened once or it was only one form that it isn't significant. I, I think some of the message that from what I'm hearing from Bob is also try not don't minimize. Um, Your experience, and I think sometimes it's easier to compare one to to something else that you may hear. And I, I, um, we can also not minimize um, anyone's experience. And not that I'm suggesting that you were trying to, um, but I I think for my own my own story is I would (laughs) minimize uh, my own experience if I were to compare it to someone else's. And I don't think that that's the right thing to do either.
0: No, and I also think Actually it's interesting I'm so glad you raised that Comparative suffering is Counterproductive and pointless mm-hmm. The trauma that uh, You went through That any of your amazing listeners And survivors went through is Has just as much impact That first time, that only time That whatever time the impact that had, that had evoked one of our key trauma responses. So, really, we all experience similar. And I think there's there's no value in comparing anything. I think what we do is we accept that for all of us, you know, what we, what we were left with and what emerged in us, that is the trauma. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I, I say di- I de- so we have um, two more panel members that I would like to just give an opportunity um, during this first round of the panel to invite in. And, Philip, I'm going to unmute your line and, and wondering, Philip, do you have a question or a comment for Gloria? No. Okay. Well, we'll come back to you in the next round, okay? Thanks for calling in. And I'll put you back in listen-only mode. And I did also want to um, invite uh, Shamika, who is a friend of Dr. Nancy's, and also um, in the in the realm of of therapy. I wanted to invite you, Shamika, into the show. And thank you for calling in and wondering if you have a question or comment for Gloria. So, Shamika, I have. I'm been just talking. listening and enjoying
1: um, her story.
3: Okay, great, great. Well, thank you for calling in, and I will put you back in the listen-only mode. And is it okay if we uh, uh, just come and check in with you during our next round of the panel, which is probably going to be another half an hour or so? Okay. Okay, great. Okay, well, thanks. Thanks for calling in. I'll put you back in the listen-only mode. And so... Uh, Can I make those a uh,
1: comment? Sorry.
3: Sure. Okay. Uh okay. Well
1: Miss Shamika, she just came in so she didn't hear a lot of um the story. Um, but I just wanna say, you know, um, at the end of the day, we're all united because we're we've all we're all able to connect on some form of level. Um, you know, one of the things that I normally share is well not normally, depends on the group, but in this group I had twin sisters. One of them took her life by suicide because she also went through sexual abuse from our father. And so the impact of this type of abuse is very, very, very traumatic. So when I read this, this story right here, this bio uh, about Ms. Gloria, I see a lot of strength because any of us at the level that this is on right here could have took our lives. And so I'm able to draw from that and I get a connection because I know for a fact that she understands I can talk to her about my my story and I know that she's able to support me and understand where I'm coming from. Growing up, there were not a lot of people you can talk to about that. You cannot say, oh, I went through this from this person. That's not a common situation, okay? So to be able to have – someone at this level who not only is she an overcomer, but she's out here doing the work, out in the community, hands on the plow, hands to the plow, doing the work. Uh, for me, that's just very powerful, very important, and I'm just very honored to be a part of this. And, again, I just want to say thank you, Miss Gloria, for the work that you're doing, and thank you for sharing your story.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. And, you know, it's such, a, it's such an honour, I think, for our amazing survivor community globally. Um, there's been such a lot of shame and such a lot of suffering. And it's just time. It's time for people to feel supported and heard and not alone. I think that's my key, kind of what I'd like to offer the world. Never line
3: So, Gloria, you know, this is Penelope. I actually, we had another um, NASCA um, guest on uh, several years ago that I was hosting. Her name was Sherry Alsup. She's a NASCA family member. And she had mentioned that when it comes to sexual abuse between, um, perpetrated by a father to a daughter, that only nine percent of girls will ever come forward and disclose that abuse, um, and that is a very low number. That only nine percent will come forward and actually ever speak and disclose um, of sexual abuse from a perpetrated by a father. Um, and I don't know if you you knew about that, that statistic, but um, in terms of just, you know, um, to add to what Nancy said, um, which I completely agree with, um, it is uh, something that is uh, a really uh, difficult subject. And, and uh, I think for some reason, based on statistics, statistic, possibly uh, more so in terms of maybe the, the shame. Um, I'm not sure exactly what, what drives that low number, but... Um, I think it's important to, to talk about which is exactly what you've done um, in your story and in your work. So I'll turn it back over to you, but I wanted to, to bring up that, that number. And I don't know if that resonated with you or if you've heard of that number or not.
0: Yeah, gosh, that's, that's sad, isn't it? The that such a low statistic. And it completely makes sense because what I believe is that Because this happened in silence and secrecy, shame was then ensured. And naturally, as we grew older, um, and it was still never talked about or dealt with, the shame grew alongside us. And what then happened is that it permeated our whole beings to the point where we felt complicit simply because of its existence Mm -hmm. and therefore um, rendered us incapacitated and almost unable to ever speak. And I think in in telling the story, I, I now run a charity and a YouTube channel called Handing the Shame Back because I believe... Whenever a survivor raises their voice or their head to speak, we are handing the shame back, and I think we mm-hmm. should because it never belonged to us. Yeah, I, I love yeah.
3: that uh, premise, um, and that dialogue. Mm. Absolutely. Because really getting it out there is a step, a huge step, and finally really placing that
0: shame right back where it belongs. Hand it back. And the other thing, too, is not everyone needs to do what, what I'm doing or what you guys do, which is, you know, have a platform and, and shout it from the rooftops. You know, there's 150 different ways of expressing your story. Some people paint it out Some people, you know, do mountaineering Some people tell a close friend It doesn't matter There is no right way The only way is your way And I think it's really important to Kind of value yourself and where you're at Whether you're new on this journey And and finding your voice with a close friend Or journaling, uh, or whether you've you've been doing the recovery and healing for years, just doing it your way is is perfect. So I just think, you know, nothing but love and compassion for all the beautiful survivors out there. I stand beside you.
3: Well, you certainly do. In a
0: very profound
3: Mm -hmm. way. So, I know that we have discussed in the first segment um, of the show that you had some you saw angels so there were angels that you that you saw um, and if you couldn't see the angels or or the angels did not come into your awareness that you would look at the stars and you had you had this hope. what was the initial um, And actually, before I ask you this question, I'd like to actually open the the line back to Dr. Nancy and invite Dr. Nancy back in. I believe that she has um, a comment to make. So, Nancy, please
2: um,
3: join in.
1: Well, thank you. And I'm sorry for the interruption because I know you were going into something very important as well. So thank you so much, Penelope. I just want to say, handing the shame back. Foundation that name is so prophetic, it's just so powerful because and I want to say something really quickly, y'all um when I confronted my abuser, which was my father, um I covered my face with a balloon. I was so ashamed, I felt so guilty for telling. I felt like I betrayed my father, I felt so guilty, right. And my mother took the balloon out of my face, and she threw it at him, and she said, you don't need to cover your face. He needs to cover his face. And, uh, you know, and that gave me a form of empowerment where my mom was telling me, stop, it's not your fault. It's not you who needs to be ashamed of whatever happened. It's his to carry, not yours. And so that name, Handing the Shame Back Foundation, Ms. Gloria, is very powerful, Like, right? Where did this name come from? How?
0: Well, I'd like to... T- <laughs> that's beautiful. Thank you, Nancy. I'd love to take full credit and say, aren't I fabulous? But I think it came from... I was thinking about what had rendered me incapacitated and unable to speak till my late 50s and I realised it was the shame and so I started toying around with ideas and then I don't know I think my angels spoke to me one night, I got woken up during the night with handing the shame back and so that's that's what I do, that's how I roll. Handing the shame back. And every week on my channel, I interview another beautiful survivor from somewhere in the world who wants to hand their shame back as well. Yeah. Thank you.
3: Thank you. Well, I just... I actually with Nancy's sentiments. And... Um, Nancy, I have to say, you know, I'm... Ha- Wow, to your mother for for taking that balloon away from your face and handing it to your father. I mean, I guess just sitting in my shoes and and hearing that testimony um, my mother put the balloon back in my face, so um i'm I'm you know it's nice to hear that sometimes you know there are certain parents that will um, acknowledge knowledge on some level, and I'm really happy that you you got that and that you were able to share that right. And-
1: and I'm sorry that you had it that way. That's horrible.
3: My apologies to you that you even had to go through that. Well, thank you. And and see, this is what makes though it um, you know part of the healing journey is knowing you're not alone. And Gloria, thank you for sharing what you did about your mother because um, you know my mother um, I'd always questioned did she know did she not know um, and you the way you articulated your answer to that, um, I could have articulated my answer the very same way and, and the, thought, the thought process that I went through. And at the end of the day, and I'm a mother, I, I believe that, you know, maybe it's willful ignorance, but how can you not know? I appreciate you sharing your story because um, it made me feel like I wasn't alone in that. Um, and it's very hard not to be protected by ones, those that are supposed to protect a child. No matter what their their title is, guardian or parent
0: um, well it's so it's so powerful and the complicit nature of this because to me, guys, it's not just the abusers, it's what I call the gatekeepers around them or the enablers who mm-hmm. I put my mother here in that group, and they are by far the larger group because they know something or they suspect something. And they do nothing and so what that what that translates to is evil exists when good people do nothing Um, and as a result of me going to my family over years and years and talking to them about this it it ended up with me losing my entire family um, unless I chose to never speak of this again and uh be labelled the liar, the deluded one, the evil one, the you know, black sheep and for survivors listening you'll all know what I mean because you will have been labelled as well. And and I like to call it the Darvo technique which is deny, so you deny they deny that anything happened, attack and they do that by the R which is reverse the order of victim and offender. And guess what? It works. <laughs> so, so I wonder how many people listening have had that experience as well. The Davo technique. Um, well, I
3: have. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: so you have I'm going to own Are they. Yeah.
3: Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I have and. I wonder if if um, and I'm going to unmute um, Philip's line and Bob's line and Mira's line and if anybody Thank you me. know has had that experience Darvo, please you know please speak up and and chime in if you're if you wish. Um, yeah. Gloria. And- yes. Hello.
2: What's the question? What? Hey, I haven't gone away um you can't get rid of me that easily um uh, i have a I have a question for you um and it was um it popped into my awareness when we were talking about shame um in your own journey is there any fundamental work that you did that really aided your healing um And for me it was um, in 1990, in the early 90s, I came across John Bradshaw's work on healing the shame that binds you and also um, healing the wounds of childhood. And by doing his work, by watching all his VHS tapes, um, that, you know, healing the wounds of my childhood was the most powerful work I've ever done. the other thing I love about what you said because it sounds like we're our soulmates Um, on my YouTube channel I've got a series of um, interviews under the title uh, Healing by Sharing Our Stories so um, my offer to you is I would love to come on your channel and share my story and maybe you'd like to come on my channel and share your story
0: well there you go and, and I think in answer to your question yes I love John Bradshaw's work but I think the Holy Grail for me was back in the day it was Laura Davis and Alan Bass and they wrote The Courage to Heal and that became my Bible and in fact I was speaking to Laura Davis uh, probably about 8 weeks ago and um, and she'd been looking at my channel, and she said to me, I'm doing a bit of showing off now, guys. <laughs> she said to me, oh, your channel is fantastic, she said. I just love what you're offering, Survivors. So there you go. So how do I get older you, Gloria? Oh, so if you go uh, to gloriamasters.com and just fill out a contact form and, and we'll take it from there. But well done.
2: Okay. Well done. Thanks, Liv. <laughs> Good on you, mate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great.
3: Well, wonderful. We're, and we will revisit Gloria's handles um, at the end of the show as well for those of you who didn't catch that. But wonderful. Thank you, Bob. So Gloria, I'm 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 interested to know, you know, what uh, what was the turning point in your inception and in your healing uh healing journey and what, what age did you begin the process of, you know, starting along that path?
0: I was a I was in my early thirties and I was a mum of, of two beautiful children and my As often happens, my daughter was the age I was when I first started being um, attacked, abused. So, I mean, as in full rape. And so then the memories came, and they came at such a rate of knots because I had 16 years of trafficking and, you know... Child exploitation videos. We've got to stop calling it child pornography because that just makes it sound appealing. Child exploitation videos and images and, you know, forced abortions. I I just had so much to contend with. To be honest, had I not been a parent at that time, I don't believe I would be alive today. Um, That's how terrorising and traumatising dealing with the memories were that it began at the age of 32 and um, yeah it began with therapy and I've done many many other kind of modalities as well because with that the the intense nature of the trauma um, I think till the day I die I will not get over this trauma rather I have learned to accommodate this trauma and sometimes, in spite of it, manage to thrive. So that's the best I can do. Well, Thanks.
3: isn't it in A Heal* where they say the only way out is through? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> yes. And... Uh... I didn't really understand as I began the inception of my recovery what that meant until, until I understood what it meant. Um, yeah. And then there's yeah. no going back. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's no going back. Um, so, well, thank you for for sharing, you know, for sharing that. I, I think that there is, you know, I, I've heard in my own story and in a lot of other, uh, and a lot of, a lot of other stories where there is just, a, there is that, um, impasse. I called it impasse, but really I call it I hit a wall, where there's just a moment where you are loud and clear called to address um, the trauma um, because it, it's just the time comes when it can no longer be ignored. And it, it sounds like you had that experience at the age of 32, that the conduit to that was uh, your daughter turning a specific age um, that was basically one big. Well, I'm gonna use the word trigger, um, but that you uh, you were called to. Um, you couldn't ignore uh, the process um, and the healing, and everything started to come out. And I can also understand um, because you shared it is it is to bring up experiences in a way where we address them for the really the first time. And we we lived them, but we did not, and I call this the food dissociation, and I'm, I'm curious to know if you dissociated. I think we all do to some extent. But when you numb yourself to survive, in my own experience, I learned that when you're going through the healing process, you're also going through the motions of feeling the feelings that you had numbed during the process to survive. I felt the pain. I felt the emotion, and that was what. When I, I hadn't had children, I don't know if I would have continued on in this world. It was that painful. So I appreciate you sharing that as well. And I think it helps mm. people to know that it's a part of the process. That they're
0: not um, an anomaly in that experience. Nice. I think there's a few things, isn't there? I, I really believe that what is for you will find you and that when it is your time, it's going to appear. And all I, I have an optimistic view around when you are ready, it will appear. So there's something about our minds being able to process uh, without dissociating for a change uh, what that trauma is and the second thing I'd like to say is that only because I've done this many times in my life I used to try and block it and block the memories because they were so hard but of course what then would happen is they would come back more violently and strongly and bigger so instead of being nicely shoulder tapped I'd end up being shoved and uh, and then I had to pay attention and start noticing. I've got to deal with it as it's here. Um, mm-hmm. So I think. And and thirdly, yes, of course, I dissociated. I I'd say most of my adolescence um, and even through my twenties, I was dissociated. I was not the person I am today. I I wore a false self. I took. I took on a a different role to navigate my way through um my history if you like mhm so yes, it's been very very challenging and uh and I'm just very, very grateful to be here um mm-hmm. very blessed to be here. mm.
3: One more question before I, I, I uh, then take a break to tell again. During that period of time um, from the inception of your recovery at 32, did you also feel that you went through periods of grief as you were processing uh, your childhood experiences?
0: Oh, and that's why I didn't want to... Living felt too hard. That's why I, I had the, you know, the kind of suicidal ideation, if you like, or depression because the grief was so... To be honest, I used to have nights where it felt like I was in the middle of a tsunami that wouldn't stop coming. I was drowning in it. It was so big and so much. Um, so yes, the grief... Underpinned it all. Um, Arana, I think Arana, the no. the shock in mm, the horror of it all. Even today, it still shocks me that one child had to bear this. You know, it's just horrendous.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm.
3: That I can. That resonates with me as well. Um, because they really are, the, 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 they're heinous crimes, and they are really unthinkable. And I think, I think when you look at it in that perspective, it's, it's a realization of the truth of what happened. Um, yeah. It's a one. I know right now, Renown, right I think he's a psychiatrist. Dr. Gabor Mate has said, remember um, I was doing some continuing ed hours on um, trauma-informed therapy. And he said, you know, the antidote to trauma is grief. The antidote to trauma is grief. To bring them out into grief. And I had never thought of it that way. And it made me realize that the grief that I was feeling, even though I thought it was insurmountable, and I, I can resonate with what you said, um, I reminded myself that grieving was a part of healing. And that was a, albeit, uh, I was in anguish. Um, and a lot under duress, it was a, um, an important part of the process. And it still, it, it was a sign of moving progress. Um, and I had to try to, so the reason I asked about the grief is because I think that grief, I have learned to respect grief as a part of the process um, myself. And I was wondering what your thoughts were on that.
0: Oh, look, 100%, and I love the way you've described that. Of course, I I didn't want to face any of it because it was horror. Who wants to look at that? But uh, the grief threatened to overwhelm me in its magnitude. Um, But it is exactly as you say. In fact, it took me a long time uh, to cry I never used to cry and I think it was it was the grief was so trapped you see because as a child and as a teenager I just had to keep persevering and mm-hmm. there was no room for emotion it wasn't allowed or, a, or accepted so it was a bit of a double whammy for me in the recovery and healing process to actually accept that That grief was huge for me um, And then anger was also Something that was uh, Unattainable I couldn't feel angry It took me decades And then when I felt angry My therapist said to me oh, Watch out for the road rage <laughs> uh, Yeah, I became a bit of a weapon on the road You know <laughs> but uh, it's, all right. it's all right. You're not on New Zealand roads. You guys are safe. But uh, yeah. Anyway, look, I do use humour because I do see the humour in things. But I'm not trying to minimise anybody's experience at all. Um, but yes, so thank you. Great question. Oh, uh, well, thank,
3: thank you for, for you know, responding. And I, I so appreciate that um, and your openness. So I wanted to see if Dr. Nancy, um, Dr. Nancy, I'm just going to invite you back in if, if you had any other, um, any questions or comments at the time, at this time for Gloria before we move on to the last part of the show. Um, mm-hmm. At
1: this point, I'm just right in alignment with you all. It's okay to feel. Uh, it's important to be gentle with yourself. Um, I know there's been many times that I've had my breakdown moments and, uh, or was disappointed with some of the choices growing up that I made um, because of some of the trauma that I experienced and really looking at, they say, the man in the mirror, but looking at myself in the mirror and allowing myself to feel the emotions. Um, as an adult, I really have taken a lot of time to feel bad for the child. You know, for that little girl that could not stand up for herself and didn't have uh, anyone to really fight for her during that time. And um, it's just a, a roller coaster ride of emotions. Um, and I allowed myself to go through those emotions because, like you said, Ms. Penelope, that that's just a part of recovery and it's a part of healing. And it's healthy to feel those feelings, even though they do hurt, they hurt a lot. It's, it's part of the recovery journey and stepping into your recovery journey and taking back that control. Um, again, for me, handing back the shame, it's not my shame to carry, you know. I, I, I'm still ashamed. I still go through the shame um, talking about it. Uh, I've done a lot of things in the beauty industry, and a lot of times I focus on highlighting my accomplishments, but people don't know um, what's underneath all of that and um and yeah, I just wanna again say good job, Miss Glory. You're doing you're doing the work. You're doing the work for the kingdom and um and you're definitely being used and I just, you know, wanna just uh hope that you continue to do what you're doing and that uh that you have the help around you to help you do what you're doing because you're doing a really good job to help those other survivors.
0: And thank you again Oh you're my new best friend I love you I love you you too (laughs) Oh look And to be fair you know I'm an ex-shrink and I'm an ex-teacher And I'm an ex-business consultant So I was always a bit of a high achiever But to be honest I just find that the last book I've written is actually a guide for survivors and I just find that I just want to speak as one survivor to another because what I notice is people, and thank you Nancy, you're so right there's still so much shame in us that it still can catch us unawares and so I guess when I wrote my book, people said, "Why didn't you put down that you know you're a psychotherapist?" And I said, "Because I'm not. I'm writing this as a survivor." And I think it's really um, I just came to a decision um, a few years ago that well, we just are such a big community globally. We know that up to one in three adults walking around the planet have experienced some form of child sexual abuse. That's up to one in three. So we're talking about, I consider this to be the silent endemic. That's why I'm shouting it from the rooftops, because it's unbelievable to me that the silence around us is deafening. No one wants to talk about this stuff. You know, there should be global campaigns, there should be marches down streets, there should be, um, you know, incredible protests going on about this throughout the world. And guess what? The silence is deafening and it's reflective, don't you think, of us as children experiencing that abuse, the silence.
3: Exactly. It is deafening. And it's also enabling because it enables all of the maltreatment to continue. Um, Yes. It's an enabler. It's a very, very um, prolific enabler. That's the term that I always use um, of of the cycle to continue. Um, It is deafening and it it is effective. Um,
0: and well, you yeah, you think about it. You talk as a survivor. You talk to non-survivors about this, and they're so uncomfortable they want it shut down quite quickly. They don't know what to do with it, or it's not very nice to hear. So that's one group who don't want to hear. Then you have the gatekeepers or enablers who they're not going to discuss it with you, so they're going to davo you. And then you're going to have the only group that really gain from this, which are the abusers. And all we're doing is giving them a free hall pass because there's no noise around it. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting, Mm -hmm. isn't it? In our country, in New Zealand, media don't want to know me. And yet my channel is now in 860 cities and 54 countries across the world. Mm-hmm. I'm asked for um, interviews across the globe As it should be We should be having these conversations So thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your radio show We've got to talk about this stuff We've got to normalise these conversations So that the up to one in three of us feel less alone hmm
3: absolutely absolutely which is which is why i do I, I i so appreciate and love the platform that nasca has um in the shows in the stop child abuse now shows um i read the scan number it was actually termed something a little differently before they started um scan which stands for stop child abuse now you know there are over four thousand shows that are archived um and so, anybody in the world at any time can go back and listen to this show, um, or any other show, um, one of you know, any one of four thousand, or the platform um, of your show, Candy um, the Shaneback foundation, uh, and Bob's show, and the shows that are there. The Miss Texas show is another one that I've been on, um, where we can access these shows. Um, and I have come to now realize that. With every show that's archived, with every show that's done and accessible, it's planting a small seed. And like you just had mentioned about your global reach with your show, um, it is taking root. And I think that, you know, what you said, yes, the silence is deafening. Um, So we just need to be persistent um, in planting all the seeds and doing the shows and being as verbal as we can. Because I think it's just a matter of time. Um, it is a matter of time. But the, the, the quieter it is, the louder that I get. And I, I, I know from, from you and from other others, Nancy and Bob and Philip and you know, all of those that I have, you know, I serve in this activism. Um, all the brothers and sisters that I've, I've met. Um, within NASCA, everybody that, that I've met outside of NASCA, um, no one, you know, like you said, once you start, you don't go back. You can't stop. Everybody's just, you know, continuing with it on with their voice and getting louder. So I have faith um, that,
0: we <laughs> I oh, that we will sort of form.
3: I hope. Yeah, in my lifetime, I but I know it. that we will.
0: That's amazing. I love it. Thank you.
3: Um, because it's really, it's, 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 you know, I'm going to echo what um, Dr. Nancy said. It's, it's having, you know, meeting you and, and hearing your testimony um, and your work that, that you've done and that you continue to do that just inspires me. And I think that we, we do invigorate each other um, in, this, in this process and in this work. And I'm so appreciative for um, everything that you're doing and sharing because it reinvigorates me personally, just to to keep going, uh, to keep writing my articles, write a lot of articles, that's my thing, and, and to keep doing what I'm doing. And so you are, re,
0: you know, invigorating me and giving me hope. Oh, you're such a gift to the world, you know, and I think sometimes as survivors, our, our conditioning is not reflective of the beauty and the possibility and the greatness within us. So, we we are reclaiming every time we speak of this, every time we honour ourselves by acknowledging, you know, what we manage to emerge from, I think. Um, we help with handing the shame back, but we also help uh, lift our eyes a little higher and, and face into the world a little stronger. And isn't that something...
3: Mm-hmm. As you began the the work at 32 and went through that grueling process, as I know of of um, starting along that path of, of of healing, were there ever
0: times when you felt exceptionally lonely? Oh yes, absolutely, and. To me, and I've got it in that guide I've written, um, the, it's one of the hallmarks of, of surviving child sexual abuse, in my opinion, is feeling different. And so, of course, as an adult in recovery and going through the feelings of isolation and loneliness, well, partly because I felt different yet again, Because I now had to deal with this, which no one else to my knowledge had ever experienced. So the loneliness was tough and the feeling different um, emerged more strongly. And it's interesting, I I likened the, or I beg your pardon, I felt that the beginning the recovery journey was almost reflective of the abuse itself. Because yeah. of the trauma, because of the silence, because of the you know what emerged in me, um so yeah, definitely lonely and isolated and and um yeah all, all the things that mm-hmm. you know that that were were there as the child, um yeah. And
3: being darvoed by the family, that led me to feel a lot of loneliness.
0: hundred percent, and also yeah. other people do it too. You talk to any adult survivor today, and they will say, oh, well, so-and-so said, but I really like that guy, and that's a sort of stupidity we get, you know, no disrespect to the people supporting survivors, but we do get comments like, well, haven't you been able to move on yet? Or, but I really like, yeah. are you sure? Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you think, really? You really think I could say these words for what purpose? Goodness me. Why would I bother? I had one director yeah. on uh, across social media who Well, of course you get many when you put your head above the parapet as we know as survivors but I had one um, woman who came through and said you're just lying, it's not your story that happened to someone else and I couldn't help it I started to laugh because I thought who would want want that story? Why would you want to pretend that? (laughs) But um, yeah
3: Oh my gosh! I'm just I'm, I'm I'm smiling and nodding my head because I, I can completely relate, and I'm sure you know, so many of us can, and that's exactly what I thought. I thought, who in the world would want to make this up? You know, why in the world? I mean, it, why? What? What would you know? It's it's it's. You talk about the shame, like the shame behind it all, which is true, and 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 putting the shame back, but to actually come forward and finally be able to verbalize this you know what the fortitude that it took no you know we, we no one would make this up in their right mind i wouldn't just steal somebody else's story what would be the point you know it's absolutely ludicrous
0: well, and then the other stupid one is oh yeah you're only doing it for the money and my question of course is what money <laughs> what money exactly. that'd be great exactly. <laughs> but uh yeah. but you know, all humour aside, for the beautiful survivors listening who are being tarred or have tried to tell their story, um, you know, you're not alone. Um, I see you out there and and stand with you. Um, it's big what you're doing, and it's going to free you, and it will free you because it didn't belong to you. But equally, it doesn't need to completely define you either. And I think that's a useful discussion to have as well.
3: There's life, there's a different life afterwards. Absolutely. But yeah. I, I do, I appreciate your point. And just to reiterate, it can be a lonely time, um, in, you know, in, in the healing journey. But um, with the survivor community, the community, you know, the we have cultivated as adult survivors of child abuse, um, you are never alone. Um, there is a community out there for you. Um, and we are all over the world. Um, and, uh, and Gloria Masters, as you know, is one of them. But um, I think it's an important message because um, I felt so alone. And then I finally found NASCA. And that was um, that really, I think, helped me Um, It felt like I had found someone to give me a hug as I went through this very isolating and painful recovery process. So um, while the loneliness is there, um, as we discussed, there's also a community um, that can be um, very, very powerful during, during this time and so moving forward. So... With 12 minutes left, and I know time is just flying, I'd like to go down the panel once more, if that's okay with you, Gloria. Cool.
0: for it. Oh,
3: great. All right. Well, Philip, I'm going to unmute your line and see if you have any questions or comments for Gloria. Um,
1: I don't have any questions or comments tonight.
3: Okay. Well, great. Well, thanks, Philip. All right. I'll put you back in listen-only mode, and I'm going to bring Bob back on. And Bob,
2: good day. You're back hey. on with Gloria. Hey Gloria, I just found your YouTube channel, and guess what? I'm already subscribed. How's that for synchronicity? And um, I've sent you an email, um, so we can connect um, after you know beyond the show. And what what encourages me is that from. From where I'm viewing the world and the humanity, humanity is healing itself. More and more people are are facing their demons, standing in their truth, and speaking out. And it's not it's just as the Mayans predicted. You know, um, we uh, have entered the age of integrity, and as far as I can see, it we've won. We've won. You know that the, the beast is dying and it's a great time to be alive at this, um, to witness the ascension of the human race. It's awesome. So I look forward to contacting you in the future, Gloria. Keep up the good work. Well, if you're like me, I've got no choice. It's my passion and my mission. So, thanks darling.
0: Hey Bob, that's fine. Just so you know, just a heads up, the channel is dedicated 100% to adult survivors, of child sexual abuse Bob and I think you've been in touch in the past and you're uh, from memory you weren't a survivor of child sexual abuse so unfortunately I have to keep up my promises to um, focus on the adult survivors of child sexual abuse thank thank you anyway yeah
3: Thank you, Bob. Thank you for calling in. You're welcome. And uh, let's see here. I am going to touch base with Shamika. And Shamika, this is Penelope. I just wanted to thank you for calling in, and I was wondering if you had any questions or comments for Gloria at this time.
1: Um, I think
3: I really enjoy
1: her story. Um, Gloria, I have really enjoyed your transparency and telling your journey. I love the work that you're doing by, you know, educating others about um, probably some experiences that they have been going through, and I just commend you for um, just advocating for those who may want to speak but just don't know how to get started. So I think the work that you're doing is awesome.
0: Oh. Sorry, Nancy. You're not my new best friend anymore. <laughs> but uh, no, um, you're very welcome. And I, I don't think I'm alone. I mean, look at this fabulous panel, and look at, um, look at the amazing work. The more we share, and the more we talk about, and the more we are, are free enough to to release it. From our heads, I think the stronger we are and the more we, uh, we can change our future. Um, so I just refuse to be trapped and defined by what other people chose to do to me within my first 16 years of life.
3: Well, thank you for calling me. And I hope that uh, you, and I hope I hear from you again in the future on NASA. So thank you. And Dr. Nancy. Again, you
1: know, um, I'm just honored, again, to have you on tonight's show, I think. It was really important for you to share your testimony and for you to be so transparent because it's not easy at all. Uh, That's something, that's a muscle that grows with time. The more you do it and the more you do it. And it takes a lot, you know, to keep pushing through and to be able to do that because it's not a selfish act. You're doing it for others. It's not just by yourself. Um, I want to share a quote. It says, alone we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. And that's by Helen Keller. And I think it's just so important that we come together as a community uh, of educators, of survivors, of professionals in the, in the um, area of therapy, counseling. Uh, it's, a, it's a community. It's a, it's a unity and we all need to step up together um, because a lot of times I know growing up, I used to just be like, you don't know what it feels like. You don't know what, it's, what I'm going through. You don't understand. It's the counselors, And I was very difficult uh, with the counselors. But today, as I'm an adult and, you know, walking in my healing and my recovery, I see the benefit that all of us bring to the table. It's not so much uh, only the fact that I went through this. It's about people who have the heart to care. I want to help and want to help make a difference and want to help those survivors continue to survive. And so I have a, a, just a newfound respect and love and appreciation for everyone on the team, not just on uh, the survivor's end. But, again, I just want to say, Miss Gloria, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you, Mrs. Penelope. You did a great job tonight. And thank you, everyone, who joined us, Mr. Bob, uh, Phil, and Ms. Shamika, thank you all for coming on tonight and being supportive. It takes uh, more than just one. It takes a community. And thank you all. God bless you and good night.
0: Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Lovely to meet you all. So, Gloria, um, we have a few minutes left in the show, and I just wanted
3: to turn it back to you. And if there's anything mm-hmm. you that else that you'd like to share, or leave us with,
0: um, I will uh,
3: allow you to do that. So, thank you.
0: Yeah. Look, um, I think really it's it's just for for all of us. Uh, we, no matter how healed we are, we're going to get days where we, where we get triggered or we where we feel less than. And I think it's important just to remember. I've managed to turn that around I think you're going to enjoy this to actually I use it now as thank you for validating my experience so I just wanted to leave you with that gem instead of feeling like oh gosh he's a trigger I don't feel great I actually thank it now for validating my experience because when people like me and others among you have felt davoed or shut down or denied, triggers are always there to remind us of the actual truth. So that's my final little gift tonight. Wow. <laughs> oh,
3: and thank you. And that actually was a wonderful gift um, in terms of, um, I think, validation to me, um, was more valuable than any amount of money that I could have ever been offered in my lifetime um, to have some validation of, of the events um, and the truth as it was. So thank you for saying that. I really do appreciate it. And that um, and we all, um, I think, can resonate with having to live with triggers Um, And thank you for reminding that triggers are uh, what triggers actually are. Um, And they do serve us um, in a certain extent to, you know, bring our awareness to um, the truth behind the triggers. So thank you very, very much. Um, Because the mind may want to forget, but the the body always remembers. So thank you for saying that. Yeah, no, you're very welcome.
0: Thank Thank you. you.
3: Well, it's truly been an honor to have you on our show this evening and uh, a privilege to um, and humbling um, to have Nancy as uh, the, my co-host um, and on my hosting this evening and to, to be able to meet you um, in this venue and have this discussion. Um, I know I greatly that that. Um, derive so much value from it and um, I'm so inspired by you Gloria and it just as I mentioned before helps to energize me to keep to keep uh, doing what I'm doing in my work so thank you so very much and, uh, and a wonderful time and date to have you as April is Child Abuse um, Awareness and Prevention Month as well as Sexual Assault Prevention Month um, although we wear the blue ribbon and it is the month and I appreciate having a month of awareness we know that every single day is a day that we should be aware uh, of child abuse trauma um, and work towards prevention, intervention, recovery. So thank you very much um, for being with us in that spirit this evening. Um, as an aside, I actually wrote an article for April, and it touched upon many of the things that we discussed tonight, um, so I'd like to send it to you. Um, I'm about for NASCO We haven't come out with our newsletter yet, but... I will I will send it find a way to get it to you. Um, um, so thank yes. you. And I just wanted to talk about that. Um, but with that being said, um as I, say, as I thought off on the show, there are enough adult eyes and ears on this planet to keep every one of our children safe. So if you see something, if you hear something, please say something, do something. It is our moral responsibility to take action. So thank you, everyone. God bless and good night. Good
0: night. I know tomorrow, that's you are after all you Love, Told Radio